Professor. Thanks very much. So just uh, just one quick little bit of a bit of background to the BRC, Broadcast Research Council. Is it's um, it's a not-for-profit company that is funded by the broadcasters. We do we are now doing audience measurement for radio as well as television. The television audience measurement system we took over from SAF. Um, the South African Advertising Research Foundation. So we took over that system and we fixed it because it was broken. We'll discuss that a little later. The radio audience measurement system is brand new. It's something that we've created from scratch. So it's, it's, it has no reflection to the past. It's, there's not a continuation from the past. It's brand new and I think that's what's, that's what's the most interesting component of this research. But before I go further, I'm going to introduce you to young Gisela. Gisela, stand up. You're small, so people must see you. Gisela, Gisela works at, at the company that we commissioned to do this project, TNS. It's a research company um, in South Africa. And our research director, Setswano, who works with me at the Broadcast Research Council, both Gisela and um, Sets are going to talk as well because this project has been so massive. It's only fair that they have their, their say as well, and it's not just me yakking away to you guys. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to you about our approach because this is still a work in progress. So... Um, we can just get the next slide. Basically, um, we spent the um, six months of last year setting this project up. We went into field on the 7th of January. The reason this is different is that it's bespoke to radio specifically. Um, the survey also, it, it, it's, not, it's not something that piggybacks on something else, which is what the radio research system used to do. Um, it also consists of two elements, the placement interview in the home, as well as the, the diary that we designed. And our diary is very different. So we've, we've gone out with something very different that picks up, it's going to be picking up all sorts of different behaviors we've never seen before in radio. And I think all told, I think all told, the story that we have to tell is that this data is going to be really good for the radio sector as a whole, okay? It's going to put radio in, in more of a limelight position than it has been, particularly with advertisers, which we believe is a very, very good um, you know, story for the sector. Um, I think if we can just move on to the next slide. We've, we've called this um, the transformation of the radio audience measurement system, and it is a work in progress. And what I do want to tell you, to the next slide. Next slide. Thanks. What I do want to tell you is I think the radio sector needs to be extremely proud of this study, bearing in mind, as I said to you, the, the broadcasters fund the study. Um, the radio sector is the first media audience measurement system in South Africa to be truly transformed. Because the data we used in the past was not reflective of the South African population. And that is crucial for all of us to understand. So this, this, this data 
reflects what is going on in our country rather than a skewed view of, of what we used to see before. Now, the transformation of a radio audience measurement system, which is what my colleagues are going to talk through, why is it different and what has changed? The biggest thing that has changed is the sample frame. Now, this research is incredibly expensive. It costs 25 million rand a year. It's quite a sizable amount of money. And for that, all we can afford is a sample size of 30,000 people. Now, that, those 30,000 people need to represent the population to reflect up to it accurately. So, again, just bearing in mind that we've, we've done a study for 30,000 30, sample, which is all we can afford, but it's sizable enough to measure what we're measuring, particularly in all the provinces. The second thing that has changed dramatically is we have crossed device listenership. We all know that people listen to the radio on, through cell phones. We know that people listen to the radio when they're driving in their car. We know they're listening at home. We know they listen through the TV set. We know they're listening on tablets. But we've never seen that data. Our study shows that, which is great because it has a lot of texture to it and a lot of granularity to it. Okay, so, all right. And because our sample frame has changed, because it's cross-device, it's actually brought in more listening in that we have sampled people that have never, ever been part of a study like this before. So it's brought in different behavior, more listening, and you'll see later how the listening patterns are emerging in this project. Next sample frame. So I'm going to hand over to Gisela from um, our research company TNS to talk you through the sample frame because you're going to find that interesting. She's also going to talk about the cross-device data and then we're going to hand over to Seth to show you all the patterns in all the, in all the provinces which is very, very interesting because you'll see what's emerging. Gisela, over to you. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, I hope the presentation doesn't keep disappearing, but um, bear with me if it does. Okay, um, in terms of the sample frame, so as Claire mentioned earlier, we've got a sample of 30,000 homes. It is an expensive study to do. Um, it's face-to-face. -face. In field, we're asking people to complete a diary over seven days. Plus, there is an interview, a placement interview, where we collect the household's demographics. Um, in terms of the 30,000 sample, what you've got is we employ, we deploy a, a mechanism called flooding, okay, for those, yeah? The sample frame is one of the key differences in this new BRC RAM compared to what has been done before. As Clay said, it's a brand new design. It's not something that we've taken over. Um, there's 30,000, so there's a 30,000 national sample for the year. So. 30,000 has to stretch a long way, given our population size and the size of our country. So what we do is we do household flooding. So every person in the household, if they, are, if they have the qualifying criteria, so they're 15 years and older, they're going to be present at home, and they actually form part of that household, and there's a definition for that, they can also do the diary. So what we naturally do is we actually increase our sample, 
Um, but there is a slight difference in that they haven't necessarily been briefed on how to do it. Okay, so that is one of the understandings. So there's benefits to flooding, but you've got to understand that there are cons to it as well. Um, the sample is also carried out consistently throughout the year across all provinces and across all area types. So when I'm referring to an area type, I'm talking about urban, metro, small urban, rural. So what we do is from the beginning of January, we started on the 7th of January, right up until mid-December pretty much, um, about the 16th of December, we're placing diaries equally. So when we look at our 30,000 sample, it's 7,500 households per quarter, and that 7,500 is equally split across every week of that quarter, and we make sure that we go to all provinces and all areas every single week. Further to that is we control, we have a quota per day of week. So it's very important, with radio specifically, that you make sure that you collect evenly across a Monday through to Sunday that you don't just place all of your diaries on a Monday, which means that everyone's seven-day listening is going to be the same. So we've got enough from a Monday, from a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's really rigorous in terms of the sample frame and how we collect the data to ensure that we're getting coverage of our country consistently, no matter who you are. Okay? Um, so the master sample frame is delivered by IHS um, demographers, um, and what they do is they provide us with a breakdown of the country's profile, provincial, area type, age, gender, race. That's the demographics we get. We quota on province and area type, and then we ensure that through our random sampling, so ensure that you do proportionate probability sampling, you are going to get... Um, a representative spread of people. And that's really, really important. So all of your demographics, your gender, your age, your race, income, LSM, is the natural fallout, which is then representative of our country. Okay. Um, okay. So the SAF-RAMS, if we look at it from a race profile, you can see that it's not very representative of what South Africa looks like, right? So we've got 56% black, 17% colored, 7 Indian, and 21% white. If we actually look at what IHS, so the South African population, says, it should be 78% black, 9% um, colored, 3% Indian, and 10% white, okay? So the soft rams is a sample that no longer reflected the South African population. Okay. Um, next slide. Oh, no, sorry, just go back one. Oh, sorry, sorry. So what you've got here is if you look at what, so this is what the South African population looks like, the 78%, and this is what our BRC ram looks like. Can you see how reflective it is? Okay, so just by way of that, we are speaking to different people, okay? We're speaking to the right proportions of what is reflective of South Africa, okay? And you're going to see that come through in the results, okay? What that does, it also brings in a new LSM spread, 
Okay. So if you're speaking to a different profile, what you're getting is we are getting now of your LSM 5 to 6, that sample is making up 51% compared to the previous SAFRAMS, which was 30%. The upper LSM, 9 to 10, was overrepresented by 20, at 27%, where it's actually now 14% nationally. Okay? So, again, it's more representative of what it should be. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, cross device, um, this is all of the new measures on the study. I'm going to hand over to Seth. Oh, no, must I do that? Uh, I'll do that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep talking. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> okay. So, we keep talking about it. So, what, in terms of what is different, there's a sample frame that's different. The actual instrument is different, so how we collect these diaries, and what it does is it brings in more listening. So the second element is why is this uh, measurement or instrument different? So what it is is that the new, the new diary design has been done so that it's intuitive, um, it is easy to understand, and it's personalized. So for every single person in that household, the diary is left where we'll actually have the person's name on the diary and it's pre-populated with the stations that they have claimed to have listened to in the past. Okay? They've also got the opportunity to add on any stations if that week they were actually happening to listen to a different station for whatever reason. So I could live in Johannesburg, I travel to Cape Town and I listen to Cape Talk or whatever, I can put the station there. Or I'm in Johannesburg and I listen to a different station I could just also record it. Um, the other thing is, is that we now collect um, device and location on the diary. So for every quarter hour, so 15 minutes, we ask people to record on what device and where they were listening to that radio station. Okay? So were you listening on a cell phone, on a car radio, on a normal radio on your laptop, and where were you listening? Were you at home? Were you at work? Were you in a shopping center? Were you in a restaurant? Um, at university? And that, that dynamic has actually brought in a lot of depth to the data, a lot more than what we ever anticipated it to be. So it's, it's really made the data very, very rich, where you can now start understanding that people if they're listening on their cell phone and they've got the earphones plugged in, what is their behavior? They're not now being forced to maybe listen to stations that they were in the past. So if you're sitting in a taxi, you know what, you listen to whatever's on, on the radio. It's not your choice. You're just being exposed to listen. But now if I can listen to it on my cell phone and I've got my earphones in, I choose what I'm listening to. Okay. Um, the other new measure is that we also allow respondents, or people, um, to select up to three radio stations in a 15-minute day part. So in 15 minutes, I could have actually listened to, the to three different stations, and they can record that. So if they record three stations, it's just evenly allocated five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. If it's two, it's 15 minutes divided by two. Um, we haven't seen a big incidence of that coming through so far. Um, very little people are 
showing that they listen to more than one radio station in a 15-minute day part. But it is a measure that has been added in. Um, have I left anything off? No. <coughs> okay, so really going back to the idea of understanding radio and radio behavior, we know that it has changed. People do listen, and they listen everywhere, all the time. Um, so what we actually say is radio really is on the move and in the moment. So it's right now I can decide what I want to listen to. Um, even if you're at home, you don't have to be listening to what's on the radio in the kitchen that some, your mom's put in. You now can actually go put your own earphones in and listen to what you want. Um, so we live in a world of multiple devices. So just some stats from secondary data. You can see that 94% um, of people in South Africa have a mobile phone, as um, have a television in home. Okay, And 69% can access the internet on their mobile. 23% have more than one radio. Just a couple of interesting stats for you. So looking at cross-device, um, this is the data that we got out um, from our survey. So this isn't exclusive. This is just people that have mentioned 75% say that they listen to the radio on the radio. 40% listen on a cell phone, which is very high. 23% uh, listen on a vehicle radio, 9% on a television, and 2% on a computer. But for me, what's interesting is that 8% are listening exclusively on a cell phone. So by adding these new measures of device and location, we're picking up listening that perhaps wasn't, it might have been there, but now we can actually understand where it's coming from. If we look at location, 87% listen at home, 35% listen um, on the move, so as they're going, 12% at work or university, and 6% in other places. So other places are restaurants, airports, that sort of thing. So... <coughs> Given that we are now going to a different profile of person, or different proportions, so we're collecting at different proportions, we know that people listen differently, okay? And they listen differently across different areas. So your urban listener might listen very differently to a rural listener, just by way of behavior and what they do. But the old SAF Rams had 37% heavy listeners and 24% light listeners. If you look at the BRC RAM, what we are picking up is 51% heavy listeners. So we are picking up people that are listening for longer periods of time. They are far, they're loyal listeners, okay? Whereas only 17% are light listeners. And this is a very important dynamic that you'll see in the curves and how that's changed what you'll see from the audience from the audience measurement data. So time spent listening is heavy, four, four hours, 26 minutes. So this figure will change. But remember, this is we're only at the beginning of the project, so more sample is coming in. What you're seeing is the beginning. It's the trends that are emerging. But four hours, 26, is, it's high. It's a lot of hours. Um, and that's 51% heavy listeners. So these people that are listening for longer periods of time are bringing in these hours because they're staying on a station for so long. That's per day, per week. This is per week. Per week, yeah. Okay.
I'll drive for you. I will. Yes. Do you want to ask at the end once we've presented everything? Or, yeah. Okay. I'm going to take you through what the old curve looked like and what our new curve looked like, and also per province. And it's, it's actually a beautiful curve. You'll see it as we take you through it. And each curve represents quarter hour throughout the day. So you'll see the listening patterns throughout the day, um, nationally and by province. So this is the old curve um, from South Rams. And everyone referred to it as the camel, the camel humps, you can see. And that, that was the morning drive and the afternoon drive and then the dip um, during the day. This is our new curve. So, Gisela, can you just go back one? Yeah. If you can see here, the highest point in the morning is about 25%. And if you go back to our new curve, yeah, the highest point in the morning is now about just under 40%. And you can see our listening starts much earlier, from 5 o'clock in the morning, and there's no dip in the middle. So it proves that people do listen to radio throughout the day. And there's a peak in the evening. So it's, it's, it's reflecting a completely different behavior, and you actually have opportunity throughout the day to actually listen to radio and pick up behaviors. Okay. Um, Jenny Beck, who's the Global Media Director at Counter Media, who um, is in, uh, the overall company head of TNS, she actually looked at 27 different countries to verify the curve and make sure that we're looking at um, the proper information and it's reflective of radio behavior. Um, and if you can see here in the UK, the blue curve is their TV curve. But if you look at their green curve, that is their radio curve, very similar to ours. Norway as well, very similar to ours. Germany. Sweden is a bit different because it's passive uh, measurement, so the curve would, would look slightly different. But this was one way of verifying that what we're seeing is correct and it's real data. Next slide. So we wanted to look at a comparison of the, our new radio curve versus the TV curve, which is the TAMS data. And, and you can see there's a complete correlation now between radio and TV. And radio actually peaks higher um, in the morning um, as opposed to TV. But this now proves that radio and TV can compete directly by quarter hour. So if you look at the commercial stations, their curve, very much like the national curve. Um, and you can see that um, Saturday and Sunday obviously starts a bit later because people are waking up later. But the radio behavior throughout the day reflects um, national. Community stations. Now, the one thing about community stations, a lot of them were not picked up in the previous RAMs. So now we're seeing a huge shift um, in audiences to community stations. Um, the time spent listening is not up there, but it's actually an average of 2 hours and 22 minutes. So it actually starts changing the competitor set for each of the commercial stations um, within each province. Okay, I'm going to unpack each province as we go along. So if you look at the Eastern Cape, so the dotted lines is national curve, and then the bold lines is per province. 
The Eastern Cape has 95% penetration, um, radio penetration, and five hours average day listening. And the morning curve peaks almost at 50%. And a lot of this is driven by penetration of cell phones, which is 41%. Um, on the go, 29%. Um, and, you, and, you, and, and you can see that they're very heavy listeners. And, and the, during the day, it actually peaks up again, which speaks to some of the dramas that are on the ALS stations as well. Next slide. Free state, again, five and a half hours average day, 93% penetration of radio in the, in the province, and that peaks up to 50% as well. Again, way above the national curve. 39% um, mobile penetration. You can see the change in behavior. 35% on the go and 29% um, car radio. So now we're picking up all the nuances of each province um, and their radio behavior. Gauteng. Now, Gauteng is a bit different. It is below the national curve. And if you think about it, Gauteng is very urban, so there's a completely different behavior. And you can see the percentage of on-the-go, 41%. Cell phone, 37%, quite high in car radio. So we spend a lot of time out and about, which is reflected in this behavior. Um, and it has an 88% penetration of radio. KwaZulu-Natal perfectly matches the national curve um, and has peaks in the afternoon and early evening, which also speaks to the, the dramas on um, ALS. 32% on the go, 39% penetration of mobile, um, and it has a 95% penetration um, in the province. Limpopo. Now, this is an amazing curve. It's, this is unique to this province. No other province has this curve. And you'll see it peaks up quite high in the evening, which means a lot of people listen to radio than they actually watch TV. Um, and if you look at the penetration of mobile, 60%, almost on par with the penetration of radio. This also does speak to um, levels of unemployment, um, so a lot of people are at home, and they do listen to the radio a lot, and an average of five hours over the day. Mpumalanga also matches the national curve, four hours and 40 minutes, and an 85% penetration, 38% penetration of mobile, 38% on the go, um, and 30% um, in car radio. So you start seeing all the different trends that are coming in um, for each of the provinces. Next slide. Northern Cape. Again, Northern Cape is below the national average. Um, there's a lot less people living in Northern Cape. But what's interesting is they've got a very high mobile penetration, 47% mobile penetration, and very high on the go, 42% and 38% in the car. So obviously they do travel long distances throughout the province. Um, and TV, um, access to TV is quite high here, 22%. <laughs> there you go. So you start seeing how the trends are emerging for each province. And when, you start, when, when we have the opportunity to drill down into the stations within each province, then the nuances of those radio stations start coming through. But it's quite um, rich data, and, and there's depth to this data that media planners can really start using and engaging on. 
Okay, Western Cape. One thing I need to say about the Western Cape is in the last survey, um, the penetration for radio was noted at 66%. It's actually 91%. So people in Cape Town do listen to radio. Um, it also reflects a more urban province environment, slightly lower than the national average. And as you can see, they wake up later, because people in Cape Town wake up later. <laughs> yes, I listen to the radio later. Um, but a very high on the go, 37% speaking to dwelling in traffic, 32% car radio, which is actually more than um, their mobile penetration. And, uh, yeah, over four hours average listening throughout the day. Thank you, Seth. So, as we said earlier on, this is a work in progress. We are a quarter way through the project. So, we've got, we've got our sample of 30,000 that will take us right through from the 7th of Jan when we went into field, right through to the 22nd of December. The, the, the patterns that we've shown you now are patterns from this phase, our very first phase. We also used it as pilot data so that we could go back and verify, check, cross-check, validate, which TNS are in the process of doing. They've just got a few more validations to do and the data will be fully validated. We've added in... Um, April, in, in, we, in fact, the data set you've just seen is the first three months. We've now added in April, then we've got May to add in, and June to add in to get a, a six-month set, and then we work towards... It's, it's finished. Anyway. We work towards um, building and building and building until we've built to the end of the year our 30,000 sample, and then year in and year out we'll, we'll come with, you know we'll have a solid base um, for radio, you know, for the radio industry to work with. Um, I think we, we, should, yeah, we should probably, we don't need to worry about, I think that was towards the end of the presentation. I said to Professor Franz earlier on that this time next year we'll be able to show you absolutely everything because this truly is a work in progress. Um, we've spoken to a lot of media people about it, advertising people. They're really excited about this data because they can use it as they use TV data, and that is by quarter hours. So the importance of this data is what's going on through the day, in the hours. Um, and, and then, of course, what's going on cross-platform, cross-device. But um, I think that's probably about all we have to talk about today. Um, over to Professor to... Well, I've got a ton of questions which you attribute to drama. That the biggest listenership is the national broadcaster. Uh, yes. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Okay. So, because there's a, those, yeah. those significant bounces... Yes. Uh, must be attributed mm, by, mm, if they are mm, drama, mm, by mm. one station. Yes, it is. Mm. Ukozi. Wow. Yeah, it the has big, a huge the big following. The mighty Ukozi. Yeah. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. The mighty Ukozi. Yes. Hello? Let's keep it brief so that we can get as many in as possible. Okay. Hello? Uh, my name is Alon. Yeah, but I'm not alone here. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm running a radio station in, in Carltonville. Yeah, so we launched in November. Mm -hmm. So I want to check uh, 
because our advertisers they are always asking how many how many listeners do you have and uh, being new in the industry i can't answer them so yeah so maybe you can share some information what what can i say what to expect as well we don't have all the data in yet. The, 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 the program has just started, so I would suggest that by the end of the year, when the full sample is in, we'll be able to, to share that info. We, I mean, we yeah. don't have... So I, I think just because, t to answer for all stations, we can't give you your station's numbers right now, but <coughs> if your station is broadcasting and it will sit on a station master list and that station list gets updated every quarter. Okay, so once every three months we sit down, we review that station. Any new stations get added, any that have stopped, we remove. So if your station was in November, then it would have gone into the quarter one station possibly. We, you know, you would have to check that. If there's listeners, the listening will get picked up. Um, depending on the sampling, you know, so and how big your broadcast is. But as Claire says, this is a very small sample. You have to wait the 12 months to see, especially if it's a small station, you're going to need a robust sample size to analyze by. Mm. Can I just put up a question on that? One? I mean, the likelihood is your figures are going to be dramatically different for individual stations to previous ones. How are you going to manage that process? I mean, advertisers, stations, some are going to be really happy. That is, that is true. I think, yeah, I think the, 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 way, the way we're managing it is the broadcast industry themselves put together this RFP. They put the tender together. What we're doing is rolling out what they asked us to do. There are going to be huge changes, but I think there's full understanding that this survey needed to reflect the truth and the population of our country, rather than a skewed view. And I think that, you know, that is the way we are engaging with the broadcasters. This isn't something that we've done to them. This is something they asked us to do for them. And I think that, you know, that's the narrative. It, 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 station by station results are going to be really interesting. Yeah. Is that early next year? No, we, we've, we're starting to see patterns emerging, but it's still early days. For some of the stations, we've got huge samples. We mentioned Akosi. It's got a massive sample. Massive. It's monstrous. So, you know, Akosi looks as good as it always looked. It's, it's over 7 million viewers, etc. Whereas other stations, we've only got sample sizes of, 15 or 20 or 30 and that's not enough to to show the picture but we you know so it, we we believe we need to wait for the full duration of time to reveal the entire what what what, what the pattern is going to look like going forward yeah but we we we're revealing as we're going along as we're going along yes as we're going along yeah yes Correct. And we've engaged with advertisers a lot, and they really like this data because they can actually use it. Because they can start looking at what goes on every quarter hour, which is how they use television data. And their response to it has been really positive because they feel they can start really using this data as opposed to you know, a, very, a very skewed view that they always received. Okay, um, yeah, I've got two questions. Um, the first one is, is BRC using the same criteria to determine the LSMs um, because of 
like I think people have changed. Even in the rural areas, they have DSTVs, they have fridges and stuff. So that's my first question. And the second question is about children. As PBS radios, we also cater for children. But um, I heard you say you give diaries from 15 upwards. Mm. So now it means children are, are left behind. But we are mandated to make sure that we have programs that cater for children. So I also want to find out how do you make sure good children are also involved. We, we, we can't answer to the children thing. The, the, it was very specific in the RFP, 15 plus. As well, so just on the 15 plus, there's no research that you're allowed to do on children. Um, it's, it's the SAMRA code of ethic for research. Um, you're not allowed to interview children. Um, so it doesn't matter what product you are or what, whether it's TV or radio or print, you can't interview children. So I understand your dilemma, but, it, well, it's not a dilemma, actually, because, look, they, they're children, so you can't, it's not really, they don't have the buying power, anyway. Okay, here's the thing about LSMs. Um, LSMs were derived from the AMP study. You saw what the AMP study looked like in terms of its sample frame. What we're working on now as, as the BRC with the industry is we create, AMPS is dead now. It's in, in fact, it, there's, there's a, it got buried. It's gone away. And we're happy that it's gone away because what we're doing is we're creating what is called the establishment survey, which will also come out beginning of next year, well, March next year, which again reflects the population as RAMS does. RAMS is ahead of the curve. That's why I said the radio sector needs to be proud of the fact that we're actually ahead of this curve in terms of reflecting population. The AMPS is going away, therefore LSMs are going away. And what we're doing with, with the new, what is called establishment survey, which reflects the population, is we are creating a new segmentation model that will, take, uh, that will replace LSMs. But at the moment, LSMs is the measure that everyone looks at. We are not focused on LSMs, to be honest, because next year we'll have a new segmentation that reflects the South African population. To your point, things have changed, trends have changed, the population um, spread, demographics, um, income levels have changed. And that's, and so yes, that is being addressed. Okay, um, we are going to have to sort of begin to close, but there's one question here, and then one over there, and then a collector last round, cool. and then one over there. Okay, okay cool. Um, I'm from the Eastern Cape, so I'm going to focus directly on the Eastern Cape, and I'm glad to see that the, the, the sample size now is reflective of the demographics of South Africa, and I think that's a big thing for you. But my question, my specific question is, in the past, we've seen with the RAMs um, that there was more urban sample versus rural, and that's a blanket approach because a province like the Eastern Cape has got more rural areas than urban. And I want to know how are you, what's your split? Because you find that um, your, most of the sample would be concentrated in areas like Port Elizabeth, which some stations uh, would benefit from that and some stations won't. 
and how are you splitting up that sample size? And just another question for a station like True FM, where I'm from, we are currently expanding. And um, do we need to update you of our um, coverage um, area, or it will automatically be picked up? I'll answer the last question. It will automatically be picked up, but I'll get Gisela to answer your point about the sampling. And you spot on about, about the point about the sampling. That's why ours is, so, is done so evenly that it actually reflects everything rather than the skews that were reflected in the past. Okay, so um, sampling. So to answer your question, um, in most national studies, when you have a sample size limitation, which you do for every study, I mean, we'd all love to have a study with 300,000 interviews. Um, it's just not affordable, okay? So with 30,000, what we do do is we do oversample on urban to an, to an extent. So the if you look at the national spread of urban, it's 40%. We go to 60% urban, okay? And there's two reasons for that. One is cost, okay? And two is you do need more sample for the urban areas, okay? Because you just have so much more happening there. However, if you look at what we have, small, urban, and rural, so if we're looking at Eastern Cape, there's enough sample covering those, Okay, for the number of stations that are there. And the key thing is what I spoke about is throughout the year. So if you take your whole profile of, like if you can just imagine a table, I don't know how many of like, research, I'm talking research, but if you've got area type and province running across, it is proportionate, okay, it's, it's proportionate to each area, so we've got to be, we go to every single area and every single province every week of the year, okay? So we are covering all of that sample. But we do go to more urban to answer your question. 60%. No, 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 no. No, because the point is, yeah, it's, it's, it's you, you oversample on urban because otherwise research just becomes completely unaffordable, okay, to do... Rural research, it's a lot more expensive than urban. But also, if you look at what is happening from what you, the depth you need to go into in an urban versus a rural, from, say, the number of stations, it's what you need from a sample perspective, okay? So we weight the data, but just remember that weighting, the weights we're going to apply are very small because we're just balancing. It's not fixing it. Okay. We can chat about it later. Okay, so I had a question which, is, which was very similar to that. And I will tell you, I'm not satisfied with the answer you're giving. Okay. Um, when you talk about, and especially when you talk about radio listening, because radio is the biggest in the rural areas. They don't have options there. Yeah. So if you are going to sample in the urban areas, I think actually you are going to have a, a huge margin in terms of grey area there. But in addition to that, yeah. we can take the conversation forward elsewhere. I wanted to know also for a national radio station like um, SAFM, for instance, mm. would we have the numbers uh, broken down by uh, per province or is it still going to be just given as a national number? So if you do a run um, of your station by province, it's going to give you the listeners in each province. So, so that is something we can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely. But sorry, I just want to go back to that. I understand what you're saying. Look, we, we, 
the RFP requested that we disproportionately go to urban metro, okay? But, the, but there's a good reason for that. But, yeah, the tender. But you've got to remember that the stuff is weighted, and the weighting efficiencies are so high on BRC-RAM. Okay, so the higher your weighting efficiency, the better. It means that your sample is not having to work over time, basically. So if you've got a low sample efficiency, say 39%, it means that you are weighting so much that we're making one person maybe represent everyone here. So if this one person says that they like pink and we only interviewed this person, the results would then say everyone here likes pink, which is not true. Okay. With our sample, we don't wait like that. We actually sample that we get enough representation of everyone in that universe. But I'm happy to answer questions afterwards. I can explain it in detail. Okay. Last question. <coughs> so, so, okay. Can everyone tell me if I don't No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So... The first part, so it's, it's proportionate probability sampling. That's what's used, okay? So um, what happens is we get a, what we call a small area, slightly bigger than an EA, a numerator area, from IHS, okay? So for the whole of South Africa, they give us all of the small areas with their population size. All of this gets put into the machine, into a computer program, and what it does is it randomly selects small areas based on the density, okay? So let's just pretend that this is, yeah, okay so, okay, so basically we make sure that we randomly recruit enough small areas to cover a sub-place which covers a province. So you will have representation within that province of everything, and then you randomly select the person. So you've got enough diary keepers, I mean people doing diaries, represented in that small area 